Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said, What the f are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. thought Christelle actually had a bit of a Howard moment at one point, though. She was trying to level off her dough with the curved side of the dough scraper. You're never going to get it flat like that, no. Hello and welcome back once again to the Bake Down podcast with me, Josh Landy, founder of Bake With A Legend, the company that gives you the chance to bake alongside former contestants from the great British Bake Off. How are we already halfway through the series? What a great bunch of bakers and such a pleasure for us to do this podcast for you each week. Now, thank you to all of you that have been emailing in. We want to hear what you've made of this series so far or anything you've heard my co-host talking about. Just email us at thebakedown at bakewithalegend.com. We will read out as many as we can. If you are thinking about a virtual Christmas party, then we'd love to hear from you. We've been organising events for groups of all sizes, from single figures to hundreds. For more information, check out our website or email info at bakewithalegend.com. If you're listening here in the UK, we are offering in-person private Christmas parties too. Now, we're thrilled to say that we are offering a free webinar with Dan Beasley-Harling this Sunday at 3.30pm UK to celebrate German Week. We are going to be making Eisenbahner, which are known as Railway Biscuits. So come join us, tell everyone you know. It will take around an hour and you'll end up with a delicious treat. Head to bakewithlegend.com to sign up or click the link in the podcast description for more information and to see the beautiful bake that Dan has prepared. And so to this week's podcast, some kind of home advantage for Jürgen as he went looking for his third star baker. I hope you'll enjoy the podcast and we hope to see many of you for the free webinar with Dan on Sunday. And we'll be back, of course, next Wednesday. German week, the first ever in Bake Off history. And I understand that two of the three of you have got German GCSE. So would have been a huge advantage 
if we'd have uh, found you in the tent for this one. So, Dan, firstly, in your in your best German, can you answer us how you think you would have fared in German week and then translate for us? I can probably order a cup of coffee. I think that's pretty much all I can still remember. Um, I could still do a little bit of the pronunciation. I wouldn't have butchered the names quite as horribly as some of the contestants. Ooh. But- but yeah, it's it was exciting to have a week that we haven't had before. So yes, that was certainly interesting. And we were certainly setting up a particular contestant for success or failure, weren't we? Howard, do you do much German baking then? You also studied German. Do, do you do much German baking ever? I don't, I must admit, I don't do an awful lot of German baking, but it is one of those things, particularly in the run-up to Christmas, when there are lots of, of really nice recipes that have a kind of German origin, Stollen and things like that. So yeah, I would say, it's more of a seasonal venture, really. Yeah, absolutely. And we look forward uh, to you preparing a uh, Stollen class for us on the, on Bait with the Legend. We look forward to getting that up uh, ahead of Christmas. Well, I'm sorry that Dan's German wasn't as impressive as I hoped it might have been for those of us hoping for a fluent German start to the podcast. Dan, can you redeem yourself here? Well, I, excuse me. I got an A <laughs> for my GCSE German. Wow. No, I, I know I come across as kind of a moron, but I did very well at school. Thank you very much. I think maybe I'll shine in the pronunciation a little bit more. It's been a while. It's been a fresh minute. When I was a teenager, Alfie Zane Pet was all the rage, which I'm sure um, some of you will remember. Probably not you, Josh, you're a bit too young. The English people always used to go and work in Germany, so they thought it was quite important at state schools that we learned to speak German at the time. So, yeah, I, I did have some, but it's, it's, it's gone now, I'm afraid. Howard, for fear you also got an A, I, I just want to give you the opportunity not to be outshone here. Do, do you want to clarify how, how no, you No, I got a B. Yeah, so Dan beat me on that, yeah. But they're probably a lot easier in Dan's time, I think, so probably the same. <laughs> the exams are always getting easier. I mean, now, <laughs> these days, if you don't get a 8 or a 9 or an A-star equivalent, I think it's just, just all a waste of time, really. So, yeah, well, it's good to know that Dan did so well in school, and we'll ask him every week what he got in a different subject, and we'll we'll learn <laughs> gradually as we go through the remaining weeks. What did you make of the intro, Howard? We we had a, a slightly unusual start as we saw Noel and Matt doing their best German singing. Yeah, I, d- I don't know whether that would have gone a, uh, above a lot of people's heads. It was obviously a kind of graphic reference, but I don't know whether anybody who wasn't familiar with that with that band would have got it. It's a bit bizarre, wasn't it? Jane, did it did it do it for you? Was it was it what you were hoping for? Oh, it, it was all right, wasn't it? I I do remember Kraftwerk, so um, it didn't go over my head, but it didn't set me alight. But I love the pair of them, and I know they get a bit of bad press sometimes. And we have, you know, people harp back to the melon, good old melon Sue days, which was wonderful. I think they're funny, I think they're wacky, and I think they're a bit off the wall, and I think that's what that was, really. Possibly could have done without it, but it it's German week, so what else do they do, really? It was all, it was all right. It was better than week one with oh, all yes. the um, <laughs> country and western that went on too long. I think oh, I disagree. Probably I, I like that. <laughs> it was shorter, so, you know, let's focus on the positive. Certainly was. I'm still uh, remembering the song about, you know, don't bake my tart, my flaky pastry tart. I think that was uh, that was we won. That, that's still in, in, 
etched on my brain. Well, let's move. I mean, Dan, the, the pressure was on Jurgen, wasn't it? I mean, we, they couldn't have made more of a, uh, a thing of that. I did like Lizzie's comment that just said it's just another Jurgen week, saying that he is so good that it won't really matter whether it's German week or not. Yeah, she said they're just everyone else is just along for the ride. Uh, yeah, I do think you're kind of setting people up either to succeed or fail with that one. And also, of course, um, just because you're from somewhere doesn't mean that you're going to be any good at cooking, uh, baking their goods. I mean, turn out to be that, that Jurgen was. For example, we've had French contestants who have failed in patisserie week. You know, it doesn't doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to do well. So they're just sort of setting him up for a bit of a failure. Fail, I think. I don't know. He did pretty well, and we'll. Come he did fine. Well. Yeah, yeah, he did absolutely fine. So let's talk about the signature challenge. And, and Jane, let's come to you because you are teaching our class this weekend, which we're incredibly excited about where you're going to be doing German biscuits. What did you make of, of the challenge here? Two batches of 12 German biscuits. What did you make of this? I love the whole week, actually. I want to bake everything from this week. And it's rare that I say that now because sometimes it gets just a bit too fancy. And um, so the biscuits, yes, they announced really at the end of last week's which was what I lose track dessert dessert week week. yeah it was that was going to be biscuits so I've been polishing up on my German biscuit skills um and and yes they are sort of used mainly at Christmas I think one of them said that but I think you could make them all all year round to be perfectly honest I loved it so we're making on Sunday we're we're doing a a, a shortbread type biscuit we're doing the oh my German is terrible black and white cookies so Schwarzweiss something um black and white which is basically chocolate and vanilla so we're going to do, do that it's quite fun because you you know just make them checkerboard and we're doing two different types with almond because you get sort of almond vanilla crescent type things and then the lovely ones that actually quite a lot of them made this time which is the almond one that was more like a macaron or macaroon i loved it i thought it was brilliant i just want to make more and more biscuits to be honest it was a good challenge everybody kept saying and oh this it may trip me up on sunday everybody was kept going oh two lots of 12 biscuits in two and a quarter hours and I thought blimey actually I don't think that's too short a time at all I thought it was a very manageable challenge and to be honest I think they all did a really good job I think though and I'm sure we'll come to it this was the week that really showed how difficult it is to do vegan baking and why those of us that don't do much vegan baking don't do much vegan baking because it really makes life hard and I think poor old Freya struggled this time but as a whole as a challenge as as far as they all did their flavours I absolutely loved it I have no humps this week you'll be pleased to know Howard I won't be nicking any of yours I've uh, (laughs) made me a very happy week this week fantastic Well, well Dan maybe kick us off with talking about some of these I wonder if Lizzie's well, they were cheeky boys, and at some point they became cheeky girls. Did you notice that that change in the during the episode? Yeah, well, or, yeah, the boys were wearing a lot of lipstick. Um, I thought it was an interesting choice. I have to say, whenever I design a recipe, I always tend to go quite classic and just sort of, you know, neat and tidy straight lines with the presentation. So whenever someone does something a little bit kooky, I'm always a bit jealous that they're brave enough to do it. I thought they looked... I mean, I just, I wouldn't have done that, uh, but they were fun. They were definitely fun. I would have done something much more like what Giuseppe did with his sandwich biscuits. I thought those were amazing. I'd have been really smug and pleased with myself if I'd come up with something that looked like that. I thought they were great. Everyone did the the Mendelhörnchen, didn't they? They're sort of fairly easy to do. And there were just several variations on that. 
but I thought uh, Christelle also did uh, an interesting job. I was loved hers, although I have to say her strategy of uh, rolling out the shortbread into one layer and then cutting out the shapes, you know, might make a bit of sense on on a TV show, but it's a very uneconomical way to make shortbreads in real life. So I don't think anyone should be copying that at home unless someone's running a timer next to them while they're baking. I don't I wouldn't recommend that particularly, but it seemed to work for her. She got very good feedback for that. And uh, Christelle is my well, I pulled for Christelle from the start and I'm just waiting for Christelle's moment to shine now because I think she's starting to come the four and um we're going to see great things from christelle i have high hopes for her well christelle actually had a bit of a howard moment at one point though she was trying to level off her dough with the curved side of the dough scraper you're never going to get it flat like that no (laughs) (laughs) how amanda only gave 11 biscuits so uh, clearly it wasn't enough time for her to get the full 12 i mean it was just sitting there on on the tree sort of looking (laughs) so lonely how did she miss it Again, it's an, I suppose it's an, one of those things that happens in the tent from time to time. You you just think, right, I've got them all there, I've got them all there. And then it's after they've called time, you think, oh, no, there's another one. So I'm still waiting. So mm-hmm. I just think, I don't know why they, they couldn't have just allowed her to move it onto the onto the it display. Wasn't ice, it wasn't ice towered. It was no, still in two bits, no. wasn't it? Yeah. I have to say, yeah. generally, I thought... The, you know, the kind of build-up at the beginning when, when Prue was saying she wants them beautifully decorated and so on. And I, I think Dan's right. With this kind of challenge, actually, it's more about being neat and it looking tidy. We weren't looking for really, really complicated decoration. It was just about being meticulous, I think. There was a moment, again, just when they were talking about what this challenge would entail that Paul said some of the bakers might be tempted to watch Jürgen, but they should worry about themselves. I mean, at that point, surely they're not worrying <laughs> or watching Jürgen. It's a bit, it's a bit late for that, isn't it? Howard, is it too late? Absolutely. I just think maybe he's never actually been in the tent long enough to realise how it works. But yeah, it could be it. I mean, Jane, we we touched upon the difficulties that that Freya had. And, well, there was one point where she wanted to turn something British, didn't she? Which I thought was a slight irony, given we were in uh, German week. But she was trying to hide burnt bits and you you kind of felt this is not going to get the the feedback that she wanted. And ultimately, Paul pointed out that the fruit was burnt, but, you know, but it'd been overbaked. Yes. Yeah, so for Freya, I think she was the only one that really went for a very, very complicated pipe decoration, whereas a lot of the others were just sort of drizzling over the chocolate at the last minute, really, which worked perfectly well, I thought. I just think she fell flat totally, bless her. I mean, yes, overbaked her little Christmas pudding ones. And when she said she was going for a cherry bakewell flavour, I have no objections to her making a German biscuit with a cherry bakewell flavour. That's absolutely fine. But... I wouldn't have put glacé cherries in because there's absolutely no flavour from glacé cherries. They're just little sugary, sweet red things, really. Great for decoration, but not for flavour. I would have probably used maraschino cherries, which do have that sort of more almondy Bakewell flavour in it. But I think she just had trouble with the vegan mixture. It's stark 
her over um, ambitious decoration in the time poor Freya I thought it was so sad that she said something and that her mum said oh don't worry love dad can come and pick you up on Tuesday and I thought oh that's really gonna happen isn't it bless her but sorry I just want to come back to Dan about Christelle yes I would never do that and cut my biscuits out like that simply because it is a bit wasteful and and actually you can can't re-roll your trimmings and all that however you can use those trimmings um, crumbled up and just put them on the top of a crumble or something or in an ice cream terrine so if you do decide to go for that method just put them in an airtight container and use them for something else or just, just eat them. don't ever chuck it away well just eat them but it's just like eating <laughs> them <laughs> yeah or just eat them yeah <laughs> so dan uh, it, it seems an opportune moment if you can just tell us whose uh, pronunciations you were most impressed by or least impressed by uh, during the uh, episode because we had that moment with lizzie where she was like is it worth me even trying to pronounce this on was it spitz bourbon you, you can tell us i think we can probably all agree that jürgen's pronunciation was the best i think uh, amanda and lizzie were doing their best to completely butcher them and uh, ruin all relations with europe but i have to say i really enjoyed some of the editing editing choices with the music this week I don't know if you noticed but I noticed it now because Lizzie's sort of like she's this wacky character and whenever Lizzie came on screen they played this sort of like bah, 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 kind of like silly <laughs> music I noticed it I had to go back and look again I was like did I imagine that I definitely didn't when she came on the screen they sort of play unserious music and I think it's uh, that's definitely a choice there were a couple of fun moments of music this week when the excitement music started at the end of the show Lizzie said this is my jam and I was like, oh, this is, I feel like they're making some interesting choices there. But what was the question? Pronunciation. Yeah, no, I think there were some interesting ones that absolutely butchered it. I think generally they, 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 they did well. Does it sound like I'm lying? <laughs> no, uh, not at all. No, it was, a, it, it was good. I mean, there was a fairly impressive results overall. So, uh, no, we certainly uh, enjoyed the signature challenge this week. And we are looking forward to, to Jane's class on Sunday, which is, which is full. But um, we are hoping to repeat it. Me with Paul this week, and he was eating Chiggs's one, the ones with the disc of marzipan in. He said, I get the marzipan, but you can't taste it. So, how did he get it if he couldn't taste it? I just, I was a bit confused by that comment. Going to the editing, I thought it was lovely the way they went to Giuseppe, who went, The jam is thick, so it doesn't all ooze out. And then it immediately cut to Amanda with this red, runny jam that was clearly <laughs> oozing out. I just, I just thought the editing was like, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I thought it was hilarious. It seemed like the editor this week was having such fun with it. Absolutely. Well, we, we have had a few emails that have come into us. Uh, the bake down at bakewithalegend.com. If you do have any comments or thoughts, you can send them in to us. And we appreciate not everyone is listening exactly in tandem with the series. So we don't mind having emails that might be relevant to a, a couple of episodes ago. This one is from Mandy Langman in Wisconsin. It said, hello, bake down rock stars. Are you happy to be called a rock star? Oh, Howard, you're a rock star? Yeah. Like rock buns. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The podcast, Mandy says, is simply lovely. All of you are such incredible people. Um, she didn't even know about your A in GCSE German, yeah, but she's yet still called you a uh, incredible person. I had a wonderful time in the strudel class I took with Howard back in August. It was such fun. Boosted my confidence to attempt more difficult bakes. I plan to try savoury chicken and wild rice strudel. I don't know if that's a thing, but you've inspired me to try. 
Any suggestions before I give it a go? We can pause there. Any suggestions, Howard? She came to your strudel class now thinking about a savoury chicken and wild rice strudel. Do you know, I love that. I love that people take the basis of a, of a recipe that we've done in a class and then start to come up with ideas. I, what I've noticed is sometimes we provide a recipe and people go rogue right from the start. So, uh, so yeah, it's, it's great to be working with such creative people. So, sounds really nice, yeah. Well, this is the question. It said, it appeared the steam came from Giuseppe's oven during the ciabatta breadsticks challenge, but I don't recall it being mentioned on the show. Would steam be used for ciabatta? If so, how do you go about doing it? Do any of us have any, any thoughts on this? Yeah, well, I mean, I actually don't. Uh, because I want my ciabatta to be slightly softer because you you have to bake it quite a lot anyway. So I don't want it to have a hard crust or I don't want to make the crust harder. Oh, just because it's such a high hydration dough, you do get a huge uh, billowing of steam when you open the oven. That does seem to be the case. I don't think they put any water in. When I first started making bread, I always used to put ice cubes in a hot tray in the bottom. But as time's gone on, I've done that less and less. I don't know why, actually. I guess it, to me, it doesn't make that much difference. If I do a sourdough, I'll encase it in a Dutch oven or uh, you know a large casserole but I don't t- I don't put water in the oven anymore I used to I just I've, I've stopped doing that yeah I'd, I agree I read somewhere that it can actually do something to your oven so I would, I would be a bit loathe to have spent quite a lot of money on an oven and then mess it up by putting water in the bottom I do occasionally I took it in occasionally but like you Dan if I want a really good crust I'll cook it in a bake it in a Dutch oven you get a really good crust on one of those and the crust stays nice and crunchy whereas actually if I do it in the oven even with some steam it comes out a bit crunchy and then softens relatively quickly I think it's just I, I don't think they mentioned it and I think you're right um you know, you, it's a very high hydration dough and that's possibly where the steam came from. Or maybe he went rogue and they didn't mention it because he had gone rogue. I don't know. So we had another email. It's from Dan in Detroit. He says, hey, Baked Out crew, me and my wife and some fans love Bake Off and watch every year. This year we decided to do a fantasy league where we all pick three bakers at the beginning of the season and get points based on how well they do. The longer they last, the more points they get, as well as points for getting star baker or winning a technical challenge. I was curious, if you were in a Bake Off Fantasy League, what would your Bake Off Fantasy team name be? I went with Soggy Bottom Boys. Love the podcast. Dan from Detroit. So uh, I'll give you a little bit of time to think about it rather than spring it onto you. But before we do Howard's Hump, I would like to, a team name from all of you that we can share with Dan uh, in Detroit. And Dan, do let us know all the rules so that uh, maybe we can play for the final half of the season. Well, let's move on to the technical challenge and Dan I'm immediately going to come to you to tell us what they were making for fear I mispronounce this. I haven't actually written down the name of the bake I only wrote down the English translation but it's, I think it was Princess Regenten's Theatre? I don't know no that's a, that's a Swedish pronunciation isn't it? It's Torta. <laughs> I'd, I'd got Prince Regenten Torta. Yes I had to yeah. I had to and I didn't if, do German. If I didn't think that uh, a B when Howard did a GCSE or O level was worth an A when Dan did, I'm now convinced with uh, the <laughs> pronunciation. No, Good. absolutely. So this is a, a light, uh, a, a German uh, Genoa cake we're looking to make. And there were, were there eight layers to this, Howard? And what did you make of this? Do you know, it reminded me of something that we have seen in the past uh, where they do layered cakes in this particular way. Boy, wasn't it a bit of a faff having to do it on, on so many different sheets? You think it's one of those occasions 
when you actually could do with more than one oven. I know it's only in there for a few minutes, but having to work in that kind of batch baking way is quite a bit of a challenge. And then doing all all those bits of chocolate crowns and things like that on top. So I I thought it was a, a stretch, really. The advice here, Jane, was do not panic and be methodical. Was that is it? Is that the advice you would have wanted in the challenge? Uh, well, I think so. I think the trouble is with technicals. When we go in, we skim read them and head straight in to the first bit. And I think on this occasion, I think you needed to stop and think about it, um, which Giuseppe clearly did and George clearly didn't, with working out how much dough you needed or how much batter you needed for for each one. It would be a lovely one for us to do in a class, but two hours, 45 minutes is a bit tight, I think. But I really liked it. I want to have a go at it because I think it sounds delicious. I love Genoese. I love custard and I love ganache. So I think what's not to like? What I did interest me, though, and I was thinking about it. Prue had said they, they should get lovely straight sides because they're, they're assembling it in a tin, and that's fair enough. I think I might have been tempted, because if anybody's ever made a really, really thin sponge, it does tend to go a little bit wobbly at the edges, so I might have made it slightly bigger than size and then trimmed them before I put them in the tin. I might have then had two thin layers, I don't know, but just think you could have had it really lovely and neat if, if you had just trimmed it around the cake tin before you assembled. But I loved it. I thought it was great. It's one of the few things that I've really been excited to make. I mean, you might see it at the weekend, actually. I don't know. Um, I might make it for a dinner party I'm going to, so and take it along. Watch this space. So, Dan, uh, Jürgen was, of course, asked had he made one of these before, and uh, well, he hadn't. So uh, was it a waste A waste of being German here? An absolute waste of being German. But, uh, yeah, I remember in uh, in our series, uh, we had to make a gâteau verre, and everyone looked straight at Manon to be like, surely you've made this. And she's like, no. <laughs> no, I have not. So uh, perhaps not surprising. Some of the instinct that was going on this absolutely terrified me. You know, they obviously spread the uh, Genoise batter into a very thin layer. They said, you know, they're sort of saying to the bakers, how long do you think it's going to take to bake it? And Chig said, I don't know, 10 to 15 minutes. Which oh, really, like a four egg Genoise takes about 18 to 20 minutes to bake. So I was just like, no, Chigs, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, zero instinct from Chigs on that one. Uh, yeah, I imagine it probably just took about you know, maybe, maybe five minutes, something like that. I don't, I don't know if they ever specified in the end, but yeah, it's a very interesting one. Uh, the fact that they were mounding up in the middle on a lot of them, not surprising at all. Um, you know, you, you sort of expected that, uh, but I thought this is super tricky and probably appeal to those people who are more methodical and meticulous in nature. So perhaps not a surprise um, that we saw Giuseppe doing well in this one because he's uh, got a real eye for detail perhaps surprising to see Jürgen so middle of the pack I don't know he because normally he excels in something that's sort of methodical and detailed so um uh, a bit of a bit of a wobble for Jürgen the chocolate tempering I thought was interesting a lot of people were moaning that it was too hot to temper the chocolate I don't really think that's the case I remember when we were tempering chocolate in the tent and it was a super hot day you can still do it when it's warm I think that might just be an excuse for doing a bad job of tempering your chocolate so um I wasn't too impressed with some of the melty crowns but maybe more impressed with the ones who did pull it off well 
Yeah, I mean, it's funny there. We we talk about Jürgen being slightly off. I mean, he came, he came fourth. He was still in the top half of the technical. I think the standards he set are just, are just so high. I mean, Howard, George didn't have necessarily the, the best week. And I, I think just before we started recording, we both thought that maybe he would have left in this week. There was an inevitability very early on in this challenge that he, he just wasn't going to have, you know, enough of his, his mixture there to make the, the layers equally as, as should have been happening, really. It is difficult, I think, sometimes when you make those decisions. To be honest, though, I think he should have been able to see that he'd got uh, that top layer was, was really, really <laughs> thick. <laughs> trim it a bit, maybe. Cut it in two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he ended up six. Now, of course, da- down at the bottom, we had uh, Christelle and Amanda. And uh, what was the feedback here, Jane? That the ganache was not smooth, the filling split was tough. And also, uh, I mean, do you think it's the right decision? When you don't have time to do the right thing with the rosette, you can understand why she's gone for an alternative that just, you know, there's something on the top there. Yes, I mean, it's the sort of thing we would all do at home, isn't it? Desperation, crack out the uh, the, the double cream and whip it up. I don't. It wasn't a bad decision. I don't think you'd get marked down for that. But, oh, my goodness me, that um, custard looked horrific, didn't it? I just, oh, goodness me, babies and nappies come to mind. It just, oh. <laughs> Jane! Sorry, sorry. Sorry, but it did look absolutely vile. Um, poor Amanda. But Christelle, actually, what I've written here is a bit of a disaster with it all falling off, and that's just running out of time and things being too hot. But I've written down such a good sport because she never seems to get cross. She's always smiling and laughing about it. I love all the bakers this year, and they've really grown on me as the series has gone on. But Christelle is a bit of a star, isn't she? I don't know. She doesn't play up to the camera. She doesn't try to over try too hard, you know. Or I just really liked Christelle this week. And not that I've not liked her. But then I really loved Lizzie. I just loved them all, really. But I thought she was, when all things were going wrong, Christelle still managed to carry it off with her normal good grace and style i thought she was brilliant there there was a moment howard where lizzie spoke about looking at other people around the tent and and referred to chiggs's energy of jumping around and christelle talking to herself that jürgen always looked so cool it was almost like a bit of an insight into maybe what they've been like during this sort of bubble period and Christelle talking to herself, you could, you know, just different personalities, but it was a bit and, of an insight. Absolutely. And and it really, I, I, it really kind of shone a light on that. I thought, gosh, yes, you can understand that if you are in that environment where you're not going home during the week, which is what we did, you're there all the time. And I think some people have used this as a, as a way of kind of calming themselves down. I'm focusing very much on the task and I'm just going to enjoy it. Chigs, uh, as the weeks go by, looks like he's really wired. It's like completely, you know, so worked up. I'm just getting a little bit worried about him, to be perfectly honest. You know, how would you talk about everyone being in this bubble? And there were a few insights about the difference that would have made, presumably, to the experience that you did. And, and Lizzie um, referenced Jürgen giving her some feedback on one of her bakes the, the day before. And it seemed like Jürgen, in preparation for German Week, had been giving almost everyone some advice because there was that moment where I think Noel and Giuseppe were, were talking about that and how would Giuseppe have done the same if it was Italian week? So 
there must be a bigger bond for all of them, Howard, here. I think so. I think it's lovely that people have got the opportunity to do that. And uh, I think you, because you are under normal circumstances, obviously staying in a hotel or whatever with the others, but you're not there kind of 24-7. It's just great that, that they've got that opportunity to kind of mix with people and have those conversations and just get to know each other a lot better, really. Yeah, you almost wonder, Dan, if even when normality, if that's the right word, returns and there wouldn't be a necessity to do this from a COVID point of view, you always wonder if they might think about filming the show in the manner in future over a sort of shorter time period. You don't seem sure, Dan. On the baking classes, we get asked a lot of questions. And one of the ones we get all the time, or I get all the time, is would you have done uh, Bake Off if it was in filmed in a bubble? And the answer to that is absolutely not, because my children obviously still have to go to school. I'm the primary caregiver for my children. I couldn't leave them. Philip would go mental. So but Just to think, Dan, <laughs> if you did leave them, is it because you don't think they'd end up with that A and GCSE German is that why you're too scared to go (laughs) they're doing French and Latin they're not doing German Latin are they really doing Latin yeah wow (laughs) but no I wouldn't do it in the bubble I I just like just prep for the practicalities of life it wouldn't work for me I think if you've got like an older child or was it filmed in the school holidays I don't know but yeah I it wouldn't work for me but I think when maybe living in the bubble has made them a little bit delusional who was it who said I'm gonna trust Jürgen not Paul and I just thought that's such a that's such a mistake for, as an attitude. One of the things that uh, I remember from my season is uh, Kim Joy was getting a little bit frustrated that her flavours, she likes delicate flavours and Paul and Prue weren't enjoying them. And they said they were too delicate. And I sort of said to her at the time, you have to remember who the judges are. It doesn't matter whether or not you like it. It matters whether or not the judges like it. So I don't think uh, you can take that attitude. I think you have to do what the, what the judges are going to like and accept what they say. They are your gods while you're on the show. You just have to accept that. And so to the showstopper cake, uh, a yeast uh, leavened cake, and uh, asked for two tiers. And this, of course, uh, was four and a half hours that they've had, which has been a, a frequent length of time given to the showstopper this uh, series. Paul, uh, of course, uh, referred to the importance of the uh, stretchiness uh, of the bread, but they're still having a, a cake-like texture. Howard, what is your yeast leavened cake experience like? Not great, to be honest. Well, thinking back, because we had a kind of enriched dough week, which is the week that I left. But having said that, I love doing this kind of stuff. So I would I would really, really enjoy this particular challenge. Well, hopefully you haven't been too uh, affected by no. the enriched dough <laughs> week being, being your final one some eight years ago. Dan, I know you, uh, you, you like many a challenge in your kitchen. Is a, a yeast lemon cake a, a frequent bake that you go for? Not really. I mean, I do like to do sort of enriched bread things like sort of cinnamon rolls, you know, that that sort of that sort of thing where you put chuck in some butter and eggs and sugar and make it a little bit sweeter. But I don't tend to go for the full on cake. Where did they do the savouring cake? Was that your season, Jane? Yes, we did, because I had real trouble making the caramel. I nearly didn't get any caramel on it at all. I think they did comment that it um, had crystallised, but I got some on in the end. Yeah, I think um, I think I came first in that challenge. It was a technical. And the difference with the savarin is it's a slightly, it was a French, obviously that's a French yeasted dough, and it's slightly drier than some of the German ones. And you, you soak it fairly heavily in syrup, the savarin. 
I, I, I love eating these sorts of things. Um, and I love a Pandoro and I love a Panettone. I thought this week it was interesting that Giuseppe said he was basing it on a Pandora recipe. I had a quick Google before we recorded this. And, you know, the Pandoras and the, certainly the Panettones, which I do try to make every year, you need to do those over a 24-hour period. You know, very often you'll make a bigger, which is a starter, basically, you know, cool. but it's Italian, so it's called the bigger. Um, so you make a starter and then you make a sort of pre-dough using that and then you'll add it to your final dough and then you might leave it to rise overnight. So it couldn't possibly be a true pandoro because in four and a half hours you couldn't do it although he did an absolutely fab job the texture didn't it look it looked absolutely beautiful and there's a huge debate goes on about what is bread when does it stop being bread and when does it become cake and is a babka a cake or a chocolate bread or you know because it is so yeasted and it basically has got everything that an enriched, ordinary enriched dough has. Is it cake? Is it cake or is it bread? I'm going to throw it out there. Perhaps you'd like to write in. It's just right up my street. I love these enriched doughs. I can't wait to make one. Not, not going to do a three tier though, but I will make one. And I just love eating them. And to be honest, I'd rather eat one of these than I would a cake cake, to be honest. Is that blasphemy? Oh, I agree, James. Um, Jane here, you, you could be inspired by George and made a make an anniversary cake. Um, not that uh, George knew how many years he had been with his uh, partner <laughs> and wife for. I mean, that was an extraordinary one. He could not do how many years between 2008 and 2021. Now, Howard, who else caught your eye here in terms of uh, what they managed to come up with in the showstopper? We had Christelle's. Bavarian brioche, didn't we? We had uh, Chicks who went for his lemon and mixed peel cake, Amanda's rum, plum and raisin cake. What 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 one did you most like? Do you know, I thought there were there were lots of them that looked really, really uh, and sounded really, really delicious. I thought Amanda had not had a, a great week up until that, that final uh, showstopper. So I think she clearly redeemed herself on that. Not sorry for Freya, really. Poached plums looked quite looked quite nice but just a bit bit drizzly there was bleeding from the plums howard is, is how it was described yes you don't really want bleeding do you no and it was it was deemed to be too doughy and underbaked and i think that again is it's just one of the problems that some of the bakers have had about overbaking, underbaking. yeah it's really hard with this to get it get it quite right and sadly Freya didn't did she no I mean that, then we almost saw uh, Matt Lucas become like a cricketer in the field the way he caught one, one of the cakes I mean it was Giuseppe's top tier that nearly fell off the table and it, it was an impressive catch from uh, from Matt Lucas it was I mean we all know that gays can't catch certainly me so uh, yeah it was an impressive grab yeah, I think I would have let that one hit the floor although actually with cake maybe I would have dived for it who knows it's a good job it wasn't ruined I thought uh, Giuseppe's absolutely beautiful and uh, I just remembered I actually have a Pandora recipe on my website and I think I make mine in two days normally when I make them uh, when I learn to make them I learn to make them in three days um, but I think I have a two-day version on my website if you want to look at that one and want to do something for Christmas. My top tip with making Pandora, actually, is as it's almost cool, put it in a plastic bag and the moisture that's escaping gets reabsorbed and makes it stickier again. That's a really good tip. 
Yeah, I thought there were some really good ones. One of the questions, which is sort of more of a philosophical question for our times, which is, I think Jane touched on maybe, is how sweet is this supposed to be? I remember when we did a Coravai in my season, which was sort of a tiered bread and it was slightly sweetened. And some people went more bready, some people went more cakey. And I think Amanda like went all out for flavour. And I don't think hers looked amazing, but it obviously tasted wonderful. And you could see how much fruit was in it and the, the distribution was absolutely fantastic. So I think this was one of those challenges where it was hard to know what was going to be worth the most points, if you like. And I think flavour and texture won out in the end, maybe over appearance. I thought Christelle's looked wonderful. I love, I do love that sort of wedding cake vibe where you have the cascade of flowers down the side. And I have no idea how she found enough time to do all that piping. Um, but I thought that looked absolutely beautiful. But Christelle never lets us down in those showstoppers. Although she did say, I don't know if it's a dry cake or a weird bread which uh, I thought was probably an interesting way to set it up. But we do have the uh, option to create our own narratives in life. And maybe that's not the one you wanted to go with. I often tell people in my class, you know, like when your cake goes wrong or whatever, you just need a narrative. You need a reason. You know, if you've got, if you've got loads of almond skins in your marzipan, just tell people you're going for a natural vibe because you don't want to use processed foods or something. Do you know what I mean? Like you just need a story, but you sell it to them. Don't undersell it. Yeah, maybe she just needs to work on her her sales skills. But I thought hers was beautiful. And we had Howard also. Jürgen had his beer soaked uh, bake. Is this something you you, you turn to sometimes soaking a, a bake in a, in beer? My uh, booze of choice would be wine. I'm not sure what he did do with that. Did he did he soak did he soak the actual bread or did he just put beer in in the mixture? I think it was the latter, wasn't it? So I think soaking was probably the the wrong terminology. It was beer as an integral part of it. Yeah, it was liquid to mix the the dough. I think, and, but he was heating it. He was pouring it into a saucepan. So do you think he reduced it down to intensify the flavour? Or just warming it to activate the yeast. I don't know. And it was slightly strange that when he was getting his his feedback, and and Paul asked me, he said. I like it, not love it. There was, there was a real sense of almost disappointment, it, almost in, in Paul's voice, but such are the high standards that, that Jürgen has set in these opening five weeks of the series. I was disappointed with Jürgen's. I mean, he's really into his, I can't remember what he called it, the way he needs it. He called it a French slap, yes. I call it a stretch and fold. And I think, I have to say, forgive me, Jane, for interrupting, but I think it's a very obnoxious way to knead bread. I have to say, like, it's just very, like, sorry, like, but I don't think it's the, the most efficient way to knead bread, and it's also quite loud and annoying. And I have to say, if I was in that tent, I would have been a mildly irritated by that. Uh, you can just stick it in a machine and do it. It's sort of, it's something that you do when you have a very, very wet dough, it's useful to help build structure. But otherwise, I feel like it's just a little bit annoying well Sorry. i think you're right no don't don't apologize i think you're right and i think this is the second time he's done it i don't think he did it bread week and it seemed to irritate people in the tent both times didn't it but it, the interesting thing i thought he says powerful kneading you don't need to you don't need to pardon the pun on, on these doughs because otherwise what happens is what happened to jürgen is it becomes too bready you want it to be much lighter you don't have to need it for 10-15 minutes to, to build the structure you want in a way less structure and more cakiness so I think it didn't do him any favours his French slap and powerful kneading I think he just really tripped himself up a bit this time I think also although they said it was really beautiful 
I thought it was less creative this week than any of the others, to be honest. I, I, poor Jürgen, maybe he was, you know, we had high expectations, but I thought on the sheer design front, all the others did better than Jürgen this week. That's my fit. That was my feeling. It was less creative than any of the others. I think it's possible. I don't know, but I think it's possible he he just was too wedded to the traditional approach that he didn't, because of his background, that he couldn't approach it from a kind of very objective perspective Mm -hmm. and be creative. Mm, Maybe. He He was too focused on German baking. Yeah, and just finally, a word on, on Lizzie, Dan. I mean, she, she said she was going to soak this in gin, so they were going to be off their faces. And uh, she was she was asked to show more finesse, and, and she, she largely did it. Yeah, I think Lizzie's was interesting. To coin one of Jane's phrases, I think she did kind of throw the kitchen sink at it. I do think the decoration was a little bit wild, a little bit maybe over colourful, a little bit of gin uh, all over it uh, when you know that uh, Prue's going to taste it. Probably not a bad bad choice, is it? Um, <laughs> but yeah, a little bit too decorated for my taste. I like to go with maybe one or two elements sort of well done. But I love the pineapple flowers. I've never, I didn't know you could do that. And I thought that worked really nice. I thought that was very effective. And that's, that's brilliant bake-off strategy, doing something that's, easy to do but really impactful mm-hmm. that was really smart of her but if I would have her I would have scaled it back a little bit and maybe taken some of those colours out of there and had it a little more understated oh I, I thought she was I really loved Lizzie's that she was great but the one I really loved sorry jumping in was Cheeks's I love that not topping and I couldn't work out did he bake it with that nut topping on to give that crunchy caramelled nut because he mixed up look what pecans and walnuts and all sorts of nuts didn't he with some honey did he then smear it on the top before he baked it I think he did but I'm not sure does anybody really notice because I I love the idea of that crunchy topping nutty topping to the bread with their sort of caramelizedness of it well Jane we're, we're looking forward to seeing uh, your um, show stop up on your social media uh, very soon for all of us to be uh, inspired by Now, I asked you all earlier if um, you would think of a team name on the back of Dan from Detroit's email, where, of course, he told us that they do a fantasy league with his wife and his friends. So, Howard, have you come up with a a Bake Off fantasy team name? Jane would not approve of this, because I know Jane does not like the word moist when we refer (laughs) to (laughs) to Bake Off. I know you don't, and it's it's one that I do refer to quite quite a few times so I will say testing a cake that you want a few moist crumbs so I think that is is quite a nice name for for a team a few moist crumbs or even I might go the whole hog and call myself masters of moistness oh (laughs) no that's vile Dan, is your is your team name in German or English? I'll go with English today. Keep it simple. Well, I can see that the route uh, Daniel is going down, wanting to call, was he call his team the Soggy Bottom Boys? I see where you're going with this, Daniel. So I'd, I'd probably stick with the uh, horrific in you. I, can't, I don't think I can top Howard's, I'm afraid. I don't think I can do any better than that, Howard. I'd probably just go with flaccid breadsticks. Let's keep it... Um, <laughs> let's keep it relevant and let's keep it in the gutter. Right Jane, are you gonna are you gonna oh keep us down at that level, or are you gonna take us to a higher level? Compete with those, honestly, honestly, chaps. I'm a lady. Well, based on my 
experience in the tent, I was going to call our team Caramel Clangers. That seems too tame, doesn't it? So I'm going to going to go with the calendar girls need bigger buns. <laughs> need bigger buns, yeah. Uh, no, I can't. Yeah. I, you know, they've taken the wind out of my sails. I can't possibly compete with the creativity and the downright naughtiness of Howard and Dan. So, but I don't well, want to be on your moist team, Howard. I'm sorry. I'm going to go Eric's with the sorry. flaccid red <laughs> <laughs> oh well uh dan thanks for the thanks for the question you do have to email back and, and let us know all the all the rules so we can uh, take part in the second half of the series which leads us on to howard's hump howard what have you got for us from german week i suppose it's a tradition that bakers as you go in the tent you will undersell your ability you'll say oh i'm not going to do very well in this so, you know really nervous about that but this week, this week, I suppose it's part Howard's hump and part Howard's head scratch. I'm thinking, what on earth are you talking about? We're used to bakers being unfamiliar with the technical challenge. That's understandable. But at the start of the show, Amanda said, what is German week? I've never baked any German stuff in my life. And I'm thinking, well, it was on the brief that you received. You've probably developed some recipes and hopefully you've practiced them. I think there's a good chance you have baked some German stuff now. So, yes, that's my hump and slightly puzzled head scratch. Uh, well, it's certainly a very valid one, Howard. So uh, just the one hump, is it, this week? I was rather expecting more given previous week. No, just the one. I've got a question for Dan, right? Because I did notice this week, yes. Um, this must have been an innovation that, that occurred when there was the move from the BBC to Channel 4. But I noticed that at the end of the benches, everyone's got a tea towel hanging on a hook. It's a sort of stylist thing. But I'm th- I just want to ask Dan, did you ever use them? Because Jane and I didn't have a tea towel at the end of our bench. Yeah, we're not allowed to touch them. Ah, oh, I thought so. They're set dressing. Yeah. So also you'll notice at the back of the tent, there's a bench set up with sort of mixing bowls and scattered flour and cook- like they're like, never touch this ever. Right. So uh, and it's, we have uh, <laughs> like don't like this, like stuff that you want naturally want to pick up because you need to use it. And they're like, don't touch it. So, uh, yeah, it's just set dressing. You're not All allowed right. to use it. I was missing out on that. Yeah. <laughs> Well, this brings us on to Judge Jane, where we have to talk, of course, if the decisions were right this week. I mean, firstly, in terms of Star Baker, perhaps an easier decision this week, Jane. Oh, Star Baker, absolutely. I don't think anybody else came anywhere near him, really. He was so consistent, she's happy all the way through. And, and have I mentioned I did pick him from week one? I'd just like to get, you know, just remind everybody that he was top of my list. Oh, he was stunning, wasn't he? I thought he was absolutely amazing. And Jürgen, although they did say, you know, it's between Jürgen and Giuseppe for Star Baker, I think they just did that for a bit of dramatic whatever. No, Giuseppe had to win. And poor Freya, I mean, I thought it was touch and go for a couple of them. Um, Amanda, up until the showstopper, I thought could be in line to go. And George stumbled a bit this week, I thought. But in the end, poor Freya, I mean, she just all the way through. She was just down there, wasn't she, towards the bottom, just below midway in the technical. Yeah, I don't really have any arguments with Freya going. Sad to see her go because I thought she was lovely and I thought, 
before I watched the episode, I thought, oh, I wonder if we could have our first vegan winner. That would be quite some feat. But no. And as I said, I think earlier on, it just goes to show how hard it is to do conventional baking, not being able to use eggs and butter and things like that. It just is a, a nightmare. And of course, all the way through, she's had to use vegan meringue, which I really, really struggle with. Uh, I can whip it up, but then it never really bakes properly for me. So, yeah, sad to see her go, but the right the right choice for um, Starbaker and the one going home, I'm afraid to say. So, Dan, our decisions this week in uh, Giuseppe, Starbaker, Freya going home, what did you make of those decisions? Yeah, Giuseppe, obviously, Starbaker, no question about it. Freya, I'll be really sad to see Freya go, and I'll tell you why. We always gush over Chiggs because he's very new to baking, but Freya's only been vegan for 18 months as well, and vegan baking is not like other baking it's basically like starting all over again having to learn like like whole different techniques so I think uh you know we have to give Freya credit that she hasn't uh been doing that style of baking for very long and I'll also just be very sad to see her go because I really enjoy her she has sort of this very sort of upper middle class lexicon but then she sounds like she's wandered out of a Victorian textile mill so I just like really enjoy (laughs) her I just enjoy her personality. Uh, so I'll be sad, sad to see Freya go. Howard, what will your main memory of, of Freya be? The cappuccino. <laughs> is it cappuccino? <laughs> yeah, that is going to be a, a, a key uh, a key memory uh, for all of us uh, as we leave. But uh, yeah, she's been uh, incredibly entertaining. And uh, yeah, the, the first ever, I think we're right in saying the first ever um, vegan uh, contestant. It, it does mean now we've had five weeks of Bake Off. I believe it is the first time in, in Bake Off history there hasn't been a, uh, a female star baker during the first half of the series. So a bit of Bake Off history uh, has been made here. And we... Uh, and we, of course, look forward to the, the final five weeks. Have you changed your mind, Howard, who, who the winner's going to be as, at the halfway stage here? Were we picking winners? I thought we were picking finalists. But anyway, <laughs> I, th- oh, I still think, I, yeah, I still think Cristal is, is, is going to be a finalist. Yeah. And, and Dan, you're, you're, you're happy with your predictions? Yeah, well, Cristal was my pick from the start. I just feel like she had a very quiet edit, despite how good she was, which reminded me of David Atherton's edit, uh, where it was very quiet on him to start with. Obviously, Giuseppe and Jurgen are the front runners because they've now won Starbaker twice, both, both of them. I now can't support either of them because they're now both the favourites. I have to pick an underdog, so I'm sticking with Christelle. Uh, yeah, I think I think she'll definitely make the final. I hope she'll win. Jane, you're happy with Giuseppe? Oh, I'm really happy with Giuseppe. Uh, he grows on me week after week. He's got curly hair and I've got curly hair too. That's not necessarily a way to judge a baker, I know. So <laughs> if we're going for finalists, if we're going for finalists, yes, I'm going to have Giuseppe as my winner and Jürgen and Christelle because she has been incredible, I think as my three finalists. But as we all know, people can fall at the final hurdle. I mean, I think everybody in our year thought Selassie would make the final and he stumbled at the last minute. So, yeah, I mean, it's still all to play for and you are judged week by week. So you know, Giuseppe could trip up on what's next week, pastry week or something. It could be um, absolute disaster and doesn't matter how many times you've got Star Baker, you could still go home. So we shall see. It's exciting. I'm loving this series. I think it's absolutely brilliant. Thank you so much for um, for Howard, for, for Dan, for Jane, for doing uh, another of these podcasts. And thanks to all of you who have reached out on social media or email saying that you're enjoying the podcast. We're, we're so glad to hear you are. We would, of course, love to see you at upcoming online classes. We have Howard's uh, Gatu Bass this weekend, Dan's Princess Tata. 
Um, Jane, of course, is doing her German biscuits, which is which is full. But there are so many classes up on the website. We even decided to put Howard's uh, famous uh, hot cross buns class up now for next April, and have already had people signing up for that. So we are <laughs> we are trying to be as far prepared as we can. But we're going to have loads of classes, particularly ahead of Christmas. We invariably will be doing some special offers uh, around the festive period and, and on voucher packages. So um, we're hugely excited about everything that is coming up so thank you so much for listening and we'll of course be back next wednesday you just heard a stripped media production Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.